Welcome back to the Security Conversations podcast. My guest is Subhu Rama. Subhu is co-founder and CEO of a brand new startup called Balkan ID. Let's start right there, Subhu. Can you give me a sense of what is Balkan ID? What's the problem space that you guys are addressing? Yeah, uh, Brian, uh, good to be here, first of all. Uh, we are a, a modern identity governance uh, company, and we focus on leveraging AI uh to do intelligent access governance and what i mean by that is we do two things leveraging ai one is provide visibility of uh, risky entitlements and entitlement sprawl and we also leverage ai to automate access review across saas and public cloud so those are the two things we do so it's an intelligent modern iga intelligent modern iga you use ai very bluntly in our world journalism and guys observing cybersecurity industry marketing is taking ai and put a, a, a sheen on it and it's kind of <clears throat> messed it up can you contextualize what you mean by ai and talk a little bit about your background in this space because you've had an exit prior to this with a company called bitfusion that was already also dabbling with ai when yes. you say ai what exactly are you talking about yeah uh, you know what i mean by ai is we leverage data science uh, you know uh, and and some form of machine learning uh to really you know do two things right one is uh we look at expressed attributes of uh, entitlements and also uh, hr data and you provide risk of visibility for example we tell things like uh you know if a developer has production access to systems we call that as an outlier Uh, or if a uh, person has accounts receivable access, they have accounts payable access as well. We call that as an outlier. So we do that things like that, and that's what we define as risky entitlements, and that's what is extent of our AI, uh, which is really data science and machine learning. Uh, AI is kind of an umbrella word uh, right, for right. everything. <laughs> and, how do you def- uh, how do you define entitlement sprawl? Uh, because I mean, SaaS has brought all these benefits. Cloud migrations and digital transformation has brought all these amazing benefits for SaaS. But it feels like, you know, from interviewing folks like you and interviewing experts in this world, that we are creating attack surfaces faster than we can realistically defend them. And you're fitting into a place here where this entitlement sprawl is starting to become a significant problem for CISOs, especially around visibility and visibility of assets and identities and so on. When you talk about uh, uh, entitlement sprawl, how does that manifest itself? Like, what are you discussing? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the primary reason you know um, entitlement sprawl has happened is because of the explosion of SaaS, because people have been using SaaS applications these days, and entitlement sprawl is when you don't. uh have a good handle of who has access to what and what level of access do they have uh, i'll give you some examples um entitlement sprawls could be identity sprawls so for example let's say if there's an organization with say 1000 team members and you have like 2 to 3x most service accounts or bot accounts that is basically 3000 accounts that is basically explosion of usernames and identities that is identity sprawl that's a part of entitlement sprawl another type of entitlement sprawl is a role or a group or a policy sprawl that you have in applications for example the same organization let's say that have 1000 team members and let's say you have five applications that they have uh, usually organizations have way more saas applications but let's say five that might end up with like 5000 roles or groups uh 
And that is basically an application sprawl, a role sprawl, or a group sprawl, or a policy sprawl. Do everybody need to have access? Then you get into fine-grained permission sprawl, which is even within the same application, let's say a person has uh, a billing admin right, but let's say they have fine-grained permissions beyond what the role is. That is basically fine-grained application permission sprawl. So you have these different kinds of you know, uh, sprawls. Uh, collectively, all of them are called entitlement sprawl. When I hear entitlement sprawl, I hear about all these risky apps and identities and so on. It seems to me you're helping CISOs to solve the issue of compliance. Can you, how do you segment compliance within the concept of cybersecurity? And from your standpoint, as largely an outsider, you're not a traditionally a security guy. I read on your LinkedIn, you build products when you're taking a stab at building a security product. How do you, how do you, you know, process that in your mind? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background of you know why I started this company and kind of a little bit of my background. Maybe that'll give a little bit more context mm -hmm. as to why I started solving this problem. So, I've, I've you know I've been a CTO, I've been a you know a product person, uh, both in large companies as well as small companies. And one of the main things I've seen is uh, most of the time, you as part of compliance, which is really a function of GRC you have to do access reviews. Uh, you have to know who has access to what, what level of access do you have, all that thing. And usually companies in the mid-market or you know, the companies that I've basically you know, uh, been part of, we end up using spreadsheets and Jira tickets to basically really verify who has access to what. Uh, and it's basically a report that you have to provide to your auditors as part of your SOC 2 or as part of your SOCs. You just have to provide a report you need to have uh, evidence of, uh, did I give the right access to the right people? Uh, did the access get reviewed? Did that access get approved? Usually all these things happen in a very manual process. You, you, you have spreadsheets, you take Jira tickets, you take screenshots of this, and it's a very cumbersome process that happens. And you know, from a point of view of CISOs, when they actually look at compliance, you know, they basically have to spend hours of work you know, doing this. And when I saw this problem, you know, a few times in my career, and most recently, you know, even after I sold my last company, Bitfusion, um, I was a CTO at a tax technology company where I saw this problem really explode and it was countless hours of work that we have to do as a startup. Uh, I saw that there's an opportunity to build something, right? Either, you know, uh, uh, something to solve compliance. It was a little nebulous. And I kind of teamed up with, you know, uh, my co-founder, you know, uh, Samir, you know, he has been a CISO uh, multiple times. So I kind of brought the technology side of the story and he basically had the, you know, subject matter expertise in this space. And our third co-founder was Jeremy, uh, who was also an engineering leader at my last company, Bitfusion. I've worked with him as a technologist for multiple years. We kind of actually had like different people looking at it from different angles. So myself looking at it from a product angle, Samir looking at it from a you know CISO security angle, and Jeremy looking at it from like a, a technology purist. Okay, how do we build? What is possible? What's not possible in a short time? We said, you know what? Hey, there's an opportunity to build a company around this. Uh, you know, really a, an IGA company targeting mid market because the opportunity that we saw was. Uh, the CISOs in large enterprises, 
they have some legacy solutions that they use, like SailPoint, et cetera. But the CISOs in the mid-market, they just didn't have a solution which fits their price budget. And we saw an opportunity to build an IGA product. That's how we started. And when we started digging in deeper, we saw that, hey, we could automate a lot of this uh, after talking to a lot of different CISOs. And the best way to automate is leveraging intelligence or data science, right? You can basically, you know, for example, let's say if you're a person, uh, employees with uh, companies with 1,000 employees, and let's say even five SaaS applications, you're now talking about 5,000 different, you know, entitlements to start with. Now, do you really have time to review all of that? That's where AI comes in. Now, why do you have to review all of that? Why don't you basically review only 100 of those, which are really highly risky? Uh, the crown jewels are the most important things. And that's the opportunity that we saw where how do we basically take AI to kind of speed up and automate this whole entitlement sprawl, but also the access review process. Because access review process was already kind of broken uh, in mid-market companies, right? even without AI. And when we started actually you know, seeing, okay, we can actually add AI, we only saw a much bigger opportunity. So that kind of, you know, that's kind of how, you know, how we kind of actually saw this problem and how I saw that compliance, uh, you know, is, is compliance is a lever or a wedge to kind of enter this thing. But, you know, um, it's just one of the drivers. I want to take up, ask a personal question. What attracted yes. you to cybersecurity? Why, why security? <laughs> why not build something in tech doing a lot of the, I mean, you come from like, you, you're an ex-Intel guy, you could tackle any problem why why what's the attraction it's <laughs> yeah, a very interesting question uh, Ryan right my uh, you know so this is my third company I'm building okay my first company was a marketing automation company uh, and that was a company I created right out of coming out of Intel building chips uh, and there yeah. I saw an opportunity this was in 2011 uh, this was when uh, social media was very huge and people were spending a lot of money in marketing and I said, okay, hey, there's an opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, help people figure out how do you spend your marketing budget. That was our first company. Uh, it was using intelligence to do that. My second company was uh, Bitfusion. Uh, it was kind of really providing infrastructure uh, for, you know, building, you know, AI. You know, uh, this was 2015. Uh, Two totally different spaces. It's like completely two, different spaces. Entirely I, different I, spaces. I said, I just saw an opportunity, right? So I'm, I'm a problem solver. So, I mean, I'm, I come from an engineering background. Uh, so I, I'm a problem solver. I look at a space, I see a problem, I see an opportunity, I dig into it and I say, okay, this is a problem worth solving. Uh, and I just jump into the space. The same thing happened with cybersecurity. Uh, you know, being a technologist, I've always worked with CISOs and security people uh, as my peers. Uh, and, you know, and after Bitfusion, I started seeing this, pro and I had, I had time to really uh, explore different areas, and I saw this problem, and I said, you know what, there is an opportunity right now, especially in the last couple of years with zero trust and everything uh, really exploding, and with all the breaches and everything, I saw that, you know what, there's a huge opportunity to disrupt cybersecurity. And when I started digging into the space, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I was interested in two areas, right, uh, Ryan, uh, data security and uh, this problem and data security. There were a lot of companies already solving that problem. Uh, it was, you know, it was also uh, a little bit harder to penetrate. But this problem, I saw this as a very easy opportunity for us to penetrate. The barrier to entry was very less. Uh, 
the legacy players. Why, why, why do you describe this? Can pause there and linger there for a second. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what the status quo is? Is there like an incumbent or two? I noticed you mentioned yeah. sale point earlier. Is there an incumbent or two that is just, you know, there's just major, there's just market share sitting there to be taken. Talk a little yes. bit about what the what the business landscape looks like. Yeah, yeah. So sale point is actually the biggest incumbent, right? So sale point, you know, they are they just they're just going to go private, right? So they they are making about three hundred and ninety million. No era as a company in the IGA space, right? This in the, in the this, IGA space, I, in the IGA full, space. full stack IGA, full stack right. IGA space, right? So they are the leader, right? They really, they really created the you know the modern IGA as it stands, like probably until now. Uh, and previously it was Oracle, right? And then they kind of really disrupted Oracle and kind of penetrated the space really deeply. And uh, you know, and they were built around the time when on-premise was huge. This was about 10 years ago or eight years ago. Right. On-premise was huge. SaaS was not a big thing. Cloud was not a big thing. The opportunity I saw was over the last few years, cloud has really penetrated everywhere. The mid-market and even the smaller companies are using the cloud and SaaS. And SailPoint was focused on large enterprises. The opportunity right. that I saw was, you know, hey, there's an opportunity to go and provide a solution to the mid-market and the smaller companies Whereas SailPoint and other guys, legacy guys are focusing on the large enterprises. And that, you know, I saw a big hole in the market. Like people are just using spreadsheets and manual work and no automation. So, okay, there's a huge opportunity. The second thing that I saw was, if you look at five years ago, you know, starting an AI-based IGA company, I don't know if it would have been successful because the AI models were not mature. Uh, you're kind of still kind of figuring out, you know, what, AI can be used for, or what machine learning can be used for, what deep learning can be used for. Uh, over the last four, five years, you know, and I've seen that during the Bitfusion times because we were building infrastructure and a lot of our customers were using, building applications for AI. Over the last four, five years, the models have matured and AI as a function or a foundation is solid, I feel. Now it's all about taking the foundation and applying it to different applications. I saw that now you can actually can take that and apply in IGA, and that, those are the two things I saw: the mid-market hole, and how can like you know AI is matured, and so the timing was very right, uh, you know, to deliver IGA. <laughs> Let me ask a, a a stupid question: Is it is it realistically possible for a startup to do true AI without <laughs> access to volumes and volumes of data? Because I hear again, I, I come from a skeptical, yes, I bring yes, a skeptical mind yes, to this conversation. Yes, and I yes. hear startups all the time talking yes. about MLAI and everything they're doing. And they obviously have no access to any sort of data <laughs> to make the model, to, to even create the modeling and make the modeling works. Yes. Is I'll, it realistically? Yeah, help me, help, yeah. help process it for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you some examples, Ryan, right? So I'll give you how we do it and that'll probably give you a little bit more insight, right? So when we talk about AI, uh, there is basically, uh, you know, two kinds of AI, right? One is an expert system-based, you know, AI, and the other one is like deep learning, which is completely, you know, uh, fully automated, right? kind of like, you know, Tesla-style AI. <laughs> uh, what I'm talking about is an expert system uh, like AI, which is primarily driven by a rules engine and simple machine learning to start with. Uh, so that's po totally possible. And I'll tell you like, you know, what we do, right? The very first thing we do is we do, uh, we basically provide this based on expressed attributes. And what I mean by expressed attributes is, 
let's say you basically have you know uh, employees in a company and then you have entitlements uh, when you have employees in the company you have job descriptions of these people you have you know job titles you have uh, their managers you have a bunch of different data related to the hr information and then you basically have the entitlements we basically take the job related information and marry that with the entitlement information which basically gives you insights about what is privilege what is not privilege and we are able to kind of almost do like a peer group analysis and tell you hey this developer has uh, production access but no other developers in the team have production access and this developer only started two weeks ago why does he have production access uh, to systems right right so so this is basically you know totally doable right this is not really rocket science it just it's just a matter of like you know how you are going to attack this problem and that's why you know i call it expert system based ai <laughs> uh, the right. in the long run uh, the vision that i have is we really want to be autopilot right we start with expert system based ai to do with express attributes then you basically move to more ueba like ai which is leveraging behavioral attributes and basically telling hey the person has never accessed a software uh, why should that person have access to this or a person has never accessed the capability why should that person have access to this so that's the second type of ai the third type is you look at the existing data that the customers basically have you know let's say you have in slack maybe a, a person has access to a channel which has a lot of customer information and this is a developer uh, and it's got a lot of pi information now that's data classification based ai so when you actually right. really actually look at this from this angle this is totally doable right uh, this is not like voodoo or you know any uh, major rocket science thing and to be honest even these things were not possible probably 5 years ago because the models were not built for right now to do let's say the first one all you really have to do is take this and apply clustering on top of it and right. voila you basically get basically you know interesting data uh, so that's that's totally possible and that's what we are basically right now doing but as i said right in the long run right as time progresses i mean we are basically less than a year old startup so i don't want to say that hey, we have the world's best ai or anything like that but this is starting right a year it's practical now, and doable exactly a year from now two years from now three years from now i mean the vision is to basically be the autopilot for iga uh, right do it in such a way that you know iga just runs an autopilot i always like to say sometimes hey we want to be the tesla of iga uh, just like how, you know uh, cars run on autopilot we want to do the same thing for iga but again it's going to take a few years we just starting right now how is this deployed it's all in the cloud uh, you know so our uh, it's a completely a uh, staff offering it's a uh, subscription based and uh, it's everything is basically hosted in the cloud and our onboarding for customers uh, is literally the fastest onboarding has been so far we have done is about 10 minutes 10 minutes okay you guys have just announced a seed round of what 5.5.75 million in yes. seed funding yes Uh, can you walk me through a little bit about the fundraising process in security? The headlines are crazy. Uh, you know, the funding rounds. What used to be a what used to be a Series A round is now a pre-seed round. Yes. What used to be an A, we're seeing hundred million B rounds. We're seeing four billion dollars. Like it, it just seems maddening to me. Yes, you're you're also a venture capitalist as well. Can you talk a little bit about? what appears to be a funding frenzy yes and put put it into perspective ah, yeah yeah uh, you know uh, i think venture capital is a little bit loaded term i'm i'm i've done angel investments right uh, in the past okay. although although i paused on all my angel investments when we started balkan id because i said okay i'm going to put all my eggs in 
my own company. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so the funding is crazy. It's very easy. In fact, there were a lot of people actually. It is really easy, right? Yes, it was. Uh, we we were able to close around like pretty much in two weeks, right? The majority of the money was raised in two weeks, and uh, you know people actually still want to give us money, <laughs> right? We have to say no. Um, what 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 makes it easy? What makes it easy? It is because of your background. You have uh, Samir. You mentioned Samir said pharmacy. So at Whole Foods, you have you know you have heavyweights yes. in your corner. That does make it very much easy. But is it easy across the board? Is it yeah. is it really really as it appears yes. that people just get funded very very quickly yeah. for just ideas? Yeah. Uh, so it's actually both. Uh, Ryan. One is yes. You know we were fortunate that you know we've been kind of you know, we had a great team so we were able to you know uh, pull this together very easily uh, the second thing is yes you know anything cyber security it's pretty you know insane and the reason there is a reason right right if you look at cyber security and tsos as a as a as a as a, as a group this is kind of like been created in the last decade or two right the acceleration of number of tsos has only increased in the last decade the num- the threat landscape has only increased in the last 2 3 years especially with covid it's only gotten crazy so because it has happened i think we are we are only scratching the surface about 20% of the surface there is still about 80% there of untapped market uh, potential that is why you basically hear companies raising crazy rounds right and, and the other day i was hearing a company raising 43 million dollars or 45 million dollars for their seed right very first round uh, right. so it's very easy to raise money by the way right but when we actually built this company Uh, we wanted to be a little bit more pedantic about this right we wanted to build a business and not a startup and what i mean by building a business is we wanted to build something that's sustainable so what we said was let's not dilute too much of ourselves let's raise the right amount of round that we need that is going to basically get us about 2 to 3 years of good runway for us to actually even if we actually have to take some missteps it's okay we'll have good 2 3 years of runway and let's actually get to a point where we are confident that we can build a 2 3 million dollar business a true business then let's basically go and raise a 20 30 million dollar round and then try to scale it up so even though i've seen like even though we actually had opportunities to raise like big like capital right from the get go i mean i mean even 5.75 is actually pretty large you know for as a seed but when you see companies raising 20 30 million dollars for seed it's nothing compared to that but our approach is that you know let's actually take what is necessary for us to get to like the next phase of the co- company really building a true business can we build a 2 3 million dollar business right. that can be sustained um so my my thing is right yeah, i mean cybersecurity is hot because there's 80% of market that's still not there like this it's, it's almost like you know how you don't uh, think the time has been defined You don't you don't think the time has been defined yet. You I don't think, think you so. still think there's a large large dark unexplored area there. It's it's almost like you know how DevOps and IT was about 10 years ago where everything people just started like throwing money new companies started coming in and there are some companies which will succeed some companies which will fail right uh, they'll just you know they'll just die right so uh, I think that's where we are right now like it's it's, it's almost like use the word security and you know you, you can be sure to get funded uh, but you know again you know we wanted to be a little bit more pedantic and said okay let's actually do what is the least thing that we need uh, and let's go and actually build a company and see what we can do right i mean again we don't know we have been we have been fortunate that we have a few customers have been using our product we've had about 200 plus conversations with like cso's uh, you know uh, so we have been a little fortunate but again the jury is still out there right so 
uh, in six months uh, or a year, you know, I'll tell you, you know, how successful we are. <laughs> what does competition look like among your peers though on the startup side? Is there a lot of, is there, are there a lot of investors pouring money into this new IGA space trying to replace the spreadsheets for the mid-market? You know, it's funny you actually ask this question, Ryan, right? Uh, because you're not the smart, you, no, you're not the only smart not. genius in of the course, world, right? I course. mean, obviously, there's going to be eyeballs yes, here. Yes. What is the, what is the yeah, landscape? Yeah. There are actually other startups also actually attacking the space in the last year, uh, you know, uh, so which makes it a little hard, which is very interesting for us too. So we are focusing on IGA, you know, as opposed to a lot of companies are focusing on IAM, right? So focusing on permissioning, uh, managing permissions, provisioning, deprovisioning, like there are some sexy terms like just-in-time provisioning, all these things, okay? Right. Uh, so a lot of companies are focusing on that. We are focusing purely on IGA, which is governance aspect of it. You know, uh, we are focusing on how do we basically make sure we tell you what your entitlement sprawl is, we tell you what your identity sprawl is, we tell you what your access sprawl is, we help you govern it by doing access reviews much smarter, we help you generate reports, and we kind of help you close the loop on compliance. So we are kind of focusing purely on a IGA purist as opposed to on the IAM side. So there's a lot of startups right. and companies who are actually focusing on, hey, I'm doing IAM, but I'm also doing IGA. So I, our, this thing is right, by focusing purely on IGA, we feel like we can be the best in IGA. <laughs> what has surprised you the most as you immerse yourself in cybersecurity world coming into cybersecurity for the first time. Uh, when, when you talk to buyers, you talk to CISOs, it seems to me, it seems to me when, when the experts say, you know, you have to button down these five, six foundational things, like these are the five, six foundational things you have to do. And we, 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 we understand the mantra from the security expert. From a CTO coming into security, has there been anything about this industry that has surprised you? Just uh, um, anything that stands out? Yeah. In fact, I actually, uh, uh, I've been very fortunate, like, you know, uh, to have had conversations with a lot of CISOs, right? And uh, I almost tell my co-founders that I'm almost becoming a half CISO in many ways. Uh, uh, you started to uh, feel like you're really, really immersing yeah, yourself I, I, into I, the world. I had right? to read a lot of books, by the way, right? I had to read a lot of books. I almost had to really hang out with a lot of folks to really think like the CISOs, compliance people, security engineers, et cetera, right? So the thing that has basically, you know, uh, uh, as, as being a big insight is security people are actually great business people, right? They are not only looking at actually engineering risk or technology risk, but they actually look at, they actually tie the business risk and see how can actually the business be impacted. That was super interesting because coming from, coming as a CTO, as an engineer in the past, as a product guy in the past, uh, you know, I've had a lot of respect for, uh, engineers or also uh, even CTOs who are very business-minded because now you can work backwards and apply the most minimalistic technology to solve the problem. I've seen that CISOs are actually very similar, right? They are actually very business-minded uh, and they really look at what is going to solve the business uh, you know, problem. So that was a super insightful thing you know, for me. Meaning, meaning that meaning the security emerging as this business enabler rather than not only secure, not only securing the data and the assets within the organization, but enabling the business to do more amazing things because security is right. Exactly right because it becomes a business conversation. Like, how do you protect your company? Okay, if you don't protect your company, it's going to affect your revenue because you cannot do all the checkboxes day one. 
uh, right? You have to do the minimalistic thing uh, that is going to protect your business at this stage. At the next stage, you do the next minimalistic thing. Then you move to the next minimalistic thing. So that was basically right. a great insight for me. Okay. The second thing that was an amazing insight for me was IG is not a day one problem. So IG is actually a day two problem. The day one problem is you basically have to go and actually secure your perimeter first, get SSO in place, uh, get authentication in place, get your firewalls in place. Uh, so that was actually a big, uh, you know, eye-opening for me. I actually did not realize that before coming into the space. Uh, after we actually started talking to more and more and more and more folks, we realized, geez, this is actually a day two problem, not a day one problem. So we actually changed talking to the uh, the CISOs in a different way where we change your communication plan about how you're discussing the problem. Exactly. Right? And also actually talk to the right CISOs. In fact, we actually don't talk to the CISOs who just took a job at a company <laughs> because they're much bigger fish to fry the first few months. Right, right. He's not ready yet for it. Yeah, you ha you need to be at a certain, you mentioned mid-market, mid-market, but you still need to have a certain level of maturity. You need to have a CISO in place. You need to have some sort of uh, GRC function or, 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 or framework. In exactly. So that was a big, big, you know, that was a big insight. Although, although, the, 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 although my insight is that is going to change over time because I, I believe, I truly believe in about, you know, five years or maybe even sooner, I think every startup, right, I think security is going to be built as not as an afterthought, but it's going to build from the get-go. You know how you basically have a legal document. You you start a company, you hire a lawyer, and you say, I'm going to basically incorporate the company and do this. You're going to probably start thinking about compliance from day one. Uh, maybe it will be part of your tooling that you basically get, just like how you get Slack and how you basically go and get Google. You're just going to say, hey, I'm going to do this also. And you're just going to do it. You don't even know about it. I do think it's going to happen, but it's going to take some time. <laughs> Which brings me to another question is probably we can wrap up with this question. How do you as an entrepreneur in startup land build for this, for this, for this ecosystem you just described where, you know, security has to be baked in when your competitor is the platform defender, the platform providers themselves, right? Like say, say Microsoft, Microsoft is emerging as a big time security yes. vendor yes. doing SOC. Yesterday they announced this big Microsoft experts thing. Yes. You can imagine this, this there, uh, uh, you have to imagine Satya is seeing this TAM just like you're seeing this TAM and, 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 you know, the revenue signs are everywhere. <laughs> is there a worry? Is there a worry that those guys can flip a switch and get rid of like, uh, uh, you know, these smaller categories? Uh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but I can't do anything about it. Right. So the way I look at it is very simple, uh, uh, Ryan, right. Because I've been an, I've been an executive also. I, I was at Dell you know, working for the CIO and I was basically given a very similar charter, like go and do interesting things, all those things, right? The way I look at it is large companies also have budgets, right? You basically have a product organization. There are product managers. Whatever ideas you have, you have to be, like every product manager is actually working like a startup, which means I'm actually not competing with Microsoft or Okta or Google or anybody. I'm probably competing with that small product team, which is actually doing interesting things. So it's all about basically a focus. So the reason we are focusing on IGA is we want to be the best IGA in the world, right? If we want to be the best IGA in the world for our market, right? I'm not going to go after the large enterprises yet. I'll focus on the mid and the smaller companies who are in the cloud. I will focus on my niche. And if I actually do my niche right. very, very well, then I am not really competing with any of the large companies because of course it's all going to be on the slide decks. They're going to talk about it, roadmap, et cetera, et cetera. 
but you know i'm going to do this iga way better than anybody else and i have the same chance as them to go and actually conquer a huge market <laughs> so that's how i look at it even though they could be an existential risk the fact that they're so big and they're these slow moving beasts is like you're confident you have a level of confidence as an as, as an innovator and an entrepreneur that you can get this right much faster than they can i mean the i mean the... and you can build a sustain and you can build a sustainable business even within the constraints of these guys might be absolutely absolutely i mean everybody I mean, the fact that everybody's talking about it means it's it's interesting right now it's about it's a, i mean you have to see they're talking about this among 15 other things <laughs> right where does this stand in the right, priority right, right. so even at bitfusion my last company right we we kind of pioneered gpu virtualization okay uh, we we were actually the first guys actually as a startup to do it the same question was asked nvidia is doing it vmware is doing it how are you going to compete with vmware uh, intel could actually do this thing there's no way and, and aws could do it google could do it azure could do it but guess what because we were focusing on that small niche of actually doing the gpu virtualization really 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 well we were better than all the other Nobody guys could do it better than you exactly can. right so it's almost like you know it's right, almost right. like a, and that's the bet you're taking exactly. here we are a guerrilla team like we are a small team and we are going to be the best right we're going to hunt the space and we're going to be the best iga and that's going to be a mission <laughs> right uh, and we'll not be distracted by anything else <laughs> at least for the long run that's a good, that's a great way to end it for a lot of the entrepreneurs and uh, you know I have a lot of startup founders listening to this here and we always have this conversation around you know you're you're building what could potentially just be a point feature if the big guys get something right and 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 the the the, the answer always is nobody can do it better than someone who is heavily focused on it so it does make yeah. a lot of sense uh, yeah and you know and, uh, and yeah. uh subodh thank you very much for coming on the podcast uh, uh best of luck with the company come back in a year let's talk about what were all the lessons learned in a year and let's see where you guys absolutely, are absolutely ryan uh, you know thank you so much a uh, big fan of what you're doing and thank you so much for everything you're doing for the community it's a pleasure to talk to you absolutely appreciate it thank you <laughs>